Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Praise God, praise God. We want to, I want to pray real quick over, a lot of people are at home today with symptoms. I know they're watching us on live stream, some of them uh, on, the, uh, on their phones and computers and different things like that. But, you know, here's the thing. We use wisdom. Everybody say, we use wisdom. It is good if you, that's why we have live stream and all that we do. So if you do have symptoms, you can, you can stay home and, and claim your healing and be blessed. Amen. But, uh, you know, the devil's a mean devil. Uh, he doesn't have the right to do these things, but he does them anyway. Amen. We had one uh, man that comes here. He was uh, in the ICU last night, and they let him out. He's got his own room now and has been uh, taken out of ICU, so we're glad about that. Amen. But, uh, you know, we've said all along, we need to get out in front of this thing. People say, what do you mean by that? Well, it's to get on the front end of a sickness or a disease or whatever through the confession of the Word of God over your health so that you have protection instead of just waiting around to get sick and recover. Did you know the Word works best on offense? It does. I've preached in some of the most desperate places in the world in which it was a, you know, it was a, it was a labor. It was a, it was a chance to go and not pick up some of the tropical diseases and other places' diseases and things like that. I just trusted God. I just trusted God. And I tell you what, God will always come through. But here's the thing when it comes to healing. Always keep yourself built up with healing scriptures, a constant confession of the Word of God. Then if you are attacked with, attacked with symptoms, you overcome those symptoms with the it is written's of God. It is written, by His stripes I am healed. It is written, I have been delivered from the power of darkness, translated into the kingdom of His dear Son. It is written, the law of the Spirit of life in Christ sets me free from the law of sin and death. Amen? And by those it is written of God's, I guarantee you will be an overcomer. And I'm telling you, church, let me tell you, you know if you study the word, a third of the population of this earth will die because of pandemics. That will be during the tribulation, not while we're on the earth. But that doesn't mean we will not have other pandemics arise. And I believe this one is our chance to get out in front of it so when the others hit, we'll already be out in front of them and we won't have to interrupt or disrupt our lives because of some stupid attack of the devil. Amen. Father, we pray for all those right now that are at home with symptoms. We bind the cold, the flu, the COVID-19, whatever sickness or disease trying to attach itself to their body and cause symptoms, we say in the name of Jesus, leave their bodies. And Father, we thank you right now. A healing word from this service at Island Church will go straight to their home and deliver them from every symptom in Jesus' name. So we at the church rejoice. Everybody rejoice. Come on. Come on, rejoice. Come on, rejoice. We rejoice and thank God that they are the healed of God in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now also... I announced oh, right after fall harvest that I was going to start two series. Hadn't been able to start either one yet. <laughs> Amen. Wednesday nights I was going to start on the basic doctrines of Christ. Then God gave me something on Wednesday night. Man, I had a good message on Joshua this morning. Glory to God. Seeing him as a servant. Seeing him a, a, 
uh, groomed in his character to be, the, to, be, to be the one that brought him out. He wasn't the one that brought him out. He's the one that brought him in. Amen. And how that works in our promotion through servitude, all those wonderful principles. But driving through my gate this morning, the Lord spoke something else to me, so we'll minister that to you in Jesus' name. But starting tomorrow night on our podcast, I've started the series that I began Wednesday night on overcoming uh, panic, anxiety, and fear. Those three are interconnected. Right now in our nation and really all over the world, there's an enormous amount of panic which is leading to great anxiety and that anxiety is tripping off. I'm telling you, there's so many angry people out there. It's amazing. Anger is an emotion. Anger is something that has to be brought into subjection to your spirit man so that you're not an angry person anymore because anger will destroy you if you let it. Amen. So get that. uh, Starts tomorrow night, I believe. Tomorrow night, Tuesday night, Thursday night, and Friday night. Amen. Praise God. In your Bibles, if you will, turn real quick. 1 Timothy chapter 4. Now, the Lord spoke something to me that really... It wasn't some great revelation or some great life-changing word, but it is something that, that really ought to be in our hearts at all times when it comes to this glorious gospel that has done so much for us and so much in our lives. We see the gospels, the gospel being Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we see Jesus walking on the earth. Basically, He is God speaking to us, Hebrews Uh, uh, chapter 1 verse 1 God who in times past uh, has spoken to the fathers by the prophets hath in in these last days spoken unto us by his son Jesus. Jesus is God speaking to us. Now most of Christianity most of religion uh, they see that as an error that came and went. Oh what a wonderful thing it would have been to have, have lived back when Jesus walked upon the earth. Well here's the thing because we have the book of Acts and all the letters to the church, we know that Jesus still walks on the earth today. Let me say that again. Jesus still walks on the earth today. Where does he walk? Boy, if I could find where he was, I'd go there. Well, he walks in you. He walks the same way he walked in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He was, is, and forever will be the Word of God and anointed by the Holy Ghost. You should be growing in the Word and you should be saved by the Spirit and anointed by the Spirit. Can I get a better amen? So His ministry has not stopped. Amen. I heard a preacher say that one time. We ought to serve Jesus like He's alive. He is alive. I said He is alive. And He has reproduced Himself in us through redemption. We are in Christ or Christ in us, the hope of glory. And that glory was that same glory that was on the Son. I like to say it like this. God has called you to live a supernatural life in a natural world. Amen? Now, I'm going to read this in two translations. Read it in the King James and I'll read it over here in the uh, Amplified. Uh, Verse 7. But refuse profane and old wives' fables and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. Everybody say godliness. Now, here's here's the direction I'm going to go this morning because you've you've got to give this. You've got to get this. You're going to have to live godly. Now, wait, wait, hold on to your amens there, man. You might not amen me so much in a minute. 
Because <laughs> we think godly living, now listen to me, we think godly living is everything we quit doing. Well, Pastor, I ain't drinking no more. I ain't smoking dope no more. I ain't smoking crack no more. I ain't doing, I'm not living some illicit. I'm not doing this. That, that has nothing to do with godliness. That has to do with being saved. If you're still doing those things, then get saved. You won't have to do them anymore. I told you my amens would go away. Amen. Now listen to me. Godliness is not what you've quit doing. Godliness is what you begin to do to enter into the right standing or the righteousness that God has given you in Christ Jesus. You have to make a decision to think godly, to live godly, to talk godly. Amen. How many cussers we have in here? You know, the first thing that happened to me when I got saved is I quit cussing. And I practiced cussing for a long time. I could curse you out one side, up, down the other. I didn't learn that at home. My parents, I never heard my parents say one cuss word. Amen? But I learned it. It ain't hard to learn. But the first thing I quit doing when I got saved is I got me some godly language. But that's something that I quit doing, but I did not realize that real godliness was not quitting cursing, but real godliness was speaking the blessing. That's why I'm so strong on confessing the word. Speaking the word over your body. Speaking the word over your finances. Speaking the word over your family. Speaking the word over your marriage. Oh, that was weak there. Wives, I'd be very upset if I were you. Amen. Well, my old man, you know, he just, I put up with him. I tell you, you're not going to get anything out of that. I better be, I'll get to quit preaching, get the metal in there. Verse 8, for bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable. Now, let me ask you a question. Is the way you are believing God profiting you? Now, now, listen, to, hold on now. Everybody, amen, amen. Yeah, now, hold on. Is the way you're serving God profiting you? Amen? Now, you got you to judge that. You got to look at your life and say, glory to God. Look how I'm living. God has profited. My health is profited. My finances is profited. My life is profited. See, you've got to make a decision to be a person that lives godly, one of the wildest things I've heard lately. I thought it was so good because I've preached so many years on not sitting on the fence. But I heard an old preacher, he was preaching a message and the title of his message was this, the devil owns the fence. I thought that was pretty cool. The devil owns the fence. You say, well I don't want to get too fanatical on one side, but you know on the other side, I'm going to just ride the fence. I'm going to just sit right in the that's right where the devil wants you. He wants you riding the fence. You say, why? Because the devil owns the fence. You're going to have to get off the fence and you're going to have to live godly. Everybody say live godly. For bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is what? Profitable unto uh, just church things. No, it says all things. To all things. To your, your relationships, your hobbies, to every... Listen, everything we do, we do by the word of God. I had a friend of mine when I used to travel... A lot of pastors used to come down and bring their sons either, either hunting or fishing with me. And so I had one friend of mine come down, and this, this was his confession. Well, I don't care where we go. 
and I don't care what kind of fish we're, we're fishing for, I never catch fish. Did you know we fished all day long? Did you know I caught a limit of trout, a speckled trout? You know what he caught? Zero. You know why? There was no godliness in his fishing. He was a righteous man. He was born again. He was a pastor. But his words, when it came just to a simple hobby like fishing, was this. I, I've been fishing with the best. I've been fishing with this guy. I've been fishing with that guy. I went with guides. I went with this. And I never catch fish. Well, the Bible tells me that he's given me dominion over the fish of the sea, dominion over the fowl of the air. And when I go fishing, I catch fish. Godliness profiteth all things. <laughs> this may not mean anything to you, but I love it. Because your life should be a witness. Amen? So I've, I've, I've duck hunted up in Winnie for 30-something years. and I've got a whole bunch of people that know me and that watch me. And I've got a reputation, you know, I'm, it's, that, that's, that's the preacher's field. That's the preacher's hole. That's the preacher's pond. That's, that's what they, so the rice farmers were out there the other day. They'd finished cutting the rice and they were preparing and they're putting water on my field. And so they send me this video. And it's just, there's like 10,000 ducks sitting, where, where? Do you know where they're sitting? They're sitting on the preacher's pond. They're sitting on the preacher's pond. And then, here's what he says. He says, everywhere you go, because see, they have moved me around to different fields all over Chambers County during that 30 years. Everywhere you go, all of those ducks and geese, they just follow you around. I said, yes, they do. You say, why? Godliness profiteth all things. Your hobbies, your marriage, the garden that you grow, everything that you put your hand to will prosper because godliness profiteth all things. Amen? Now notice this. For bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having a promise of life that now is. Well, what is life now is? That's life in the now. That's not, well, pastor, I know if I live godly on the earth, one day I'll get to go to heaven. Why not have a little slice to go to heaven in? A little slice of heaven to go to heaven in on the earth. Amen? I'm not into this trudging and toiling and burdened and blood. Uh, listen, Jesus said, my burden's easy. My yoke is light. Come and learn of me. He talks about in that same scripture in the Amplified, refreshing. He talks about blessing. He talks about recreation. He talks about all kinds of things that are a blessing to your life. If you'll just serve God and be godly. Just serve God and be godly. Prophet of all things, having a promise of the life that now is, and the life that is to come. This is a faithful saying worthy of all except... Say that again. Oh, it's split in my Bible. I like it when it's together. Let me read it in the Amplified. Refuse and avoid irrelevant legends, profane and impure godless fictions, and mere grandmother's tales. Well, Grandma believed like this. Well, what, what did it do in her life? What did it do for Grandma? Well, it didn't do much for Grandma. I ain't going to do not much for you either, amen? And silly myths and express disapproval of them. Train yourself toward godliness. That means you don't get it just because you become a Christian. Well, I'm a Christian. Now I'm going to be godly. No, that's not going to happen. You're going to have to be trained. 
You're going to have to come sit under the Word of God. Then you're going to have to use your discipline. We don't like that word. Because discipline does not carry comfort or convenience. It does not pack the bags of comfort and convenience. When you have to discipline yourself in anything, it is an effort, and many times it's not comfortable. But, oh, it'll profit you. I said, oh, it'll profit you. That means you've got to make yourself pray. You've got to make yourself, listen, I like to say it like this. It's going to be a have to in your life till it's a get to. You say, what do you mean? I have to, I have to read my Bible. I have to read my Bible. I have to read my Bible. I, leave me alone. I have to pray today. I have to pray today. Leave me alone. I have to go to church. I have to go. And if you'll do that, if you'll press in, you'll train yourself to godliness. Till one day when people say, oh, do you have to go to church today? You say, no, no, no. I don't have to go to church today. I get to go to church today. Do you have to read your Bible today? No, no, no. I don't have to read my Bible. I get to see everything goes from the price realm to the privilege realm. Everything you have to do, you get to do. Amen. For physical training is of some value, useless for a little. But godliness or spiritual training is useful and of value in everything and in every way. For it holds a promise for the present life and also for the life which is to come. Now, you say, well, why, why, did, why did God tell you not to preach on Joshua? Preach on this. Here's why. Everything in our world system and everything that is transpiring right now is gearing the world not to live godly. Amen? I mean, you can get caught up with, with all of the political things and those issues. You can get caught up with all this, this rhetoric that's going on, all this flood tide of information. And if you get caught up in that, it will affect your godliness. Listen. You, you, you may say, well, 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 this candidate, he's so bad. Or this candidate is so bad. Uh, and this candidate's family is so bad. And this candidate's family is so bad. Did you know God loves all of them? Jesus died for all of them. And he doesn't talk about them like that. Neither do you. You say, why? Because of godliness. And I've sat at table with preachers before that they take somebody and just skin them to pieces. I thought to myself, that didn't help anybody. But the good news is we can train ourselves to live righteous and godly. Now, real quick, how's my time? Oh, my goodness, where'd my time go? Now, go to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. You know, I, I was thinking on this, meditating on this while I was studying. I got up here real quick. I spent some time praying a little bit. Then I got up here and put this together real quick. And, you know, when the Holy Ghost helps you, it's, you can do it quick. And I began to think about what, what glory that, that first church, that first dispensation had. You know, the, the 120 that, that came out of the upper room speaking in other tongues, empowered by God. Then immediately 3,000 got saved. Church went from 120 to 3,000, just like you snap your finger. And then 5,000 more got saved. So that's 8,120. But the true, how can I say this? The true trophy of the first church, it's not the signs, the wonders, the miracles, because the man at the gate, beautiful, got healed. People were raised from the dead. There's all kinds of healings in the book of Acts. The true trophy is Saul of Tarsus. Because Saul of Tarsus did not get saved. Now listen to me. He did not get saved out of the sovereignty of God. Now, some people say, well, that was just God's will. It's God's will that everybody gets saved. 
But God requires of the church. Everybody say the church. Prayer and intercession. And I guarantee you, when you get to heaven, it's not just the Apostle Paul you will meet, who was Saul of Tarsus, became the most effective believer of the New Testament church in the first dispensation, in that first uh, season of growth of the church. You're going to find a bunch of people who were praying for him. And his conversion was a Holy Ghost setup. You say, now, how do you know they were praying for Christ? Because Jesus instructed the twelve to pray for those that despitefully use you. And I guarantee you, everyone around them, as Saul of Tarsus was wreaking havoc, havoc on the church, they were living, Lord, save Saul of Tarsus. Lord, send labors across his path. Lord, stir his heart. Now, if you study the trip from Jerusalem to Damascus, get your Bible map out and study it. He had to go through all that region of Galilee. And I guarantee you, his memory, you know, they said he healed ten lepers over there. I wonder if that really happened. You know, they say in that field over there, he took a few loaves of bread and a few fishes and fed over 5,000 men. They say there were 20,000 people that day, and he fed them supernaturally. As he walked through one of the villages, he probably thought, now here, you know, somebody talked about a woman just touching the hem of his garment and being healed of a 12-year infirmity. Those things were testifying. See, the, the testimony of what God does, even in the mind of a reprobate, is still the good seed of the Word of God. And I guarantee you by the time he made that last turn on that road to Damascus, I see it as he's coming into Damascus, boom, a light shine brighter than the noonday heaven, noonday sun, and all of a sudden that first New Testament church got their greatest trophy. And Saul of Tarsus, bowing his knee to Jesus, being filled with the Holy Ghost and fulfilling his life as an apostle. Amen? So in the Corinthian church, they have the same problem we all have. I like Brother Hagin. I like Brother Copeland. I like this one. I like that one. So basically, thank God for Revelation. Paul writes this. Now notice. It says in verse, uh, verse 6, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Now, now he's taken all the emphasis off the favorite preacher. Apollos was a great orator. He could speak. He had the ability to do that, but, 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 but Paul had the miracles. He had the signs. He had the wonders. He said, I ain't coming to you with excellence, excellency of speech, but with demonstration of power. Amen? That your faith should not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So, so you know, that, that's kind of story, but he puts it all to rest by getting them to focus on what? On God. So there's one that plants. There's one that waters. See, you have a seed of the word that gets planted in you. God speaks to your heart. While I'm teaching, something is said that goes down in here. Doesn't go up here, it goes down in here. When it goes down in here, something has been planted. Then next week, I may preach something else that may water it. The next week after that, they may water it. We may have a special guest come in, he may water it. But it's God that will cause the seed to come up, bear fruit, so that you can enjoy it in your life. Amen? Now go down to verse, uh, go down to verse 9. Verse 9, for we, everybody say we, for we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. We are God's building. Let me read it in the Amplified. I like in the Amplified. Let me find it here. It says, for we are fellow workmen, joint promoters, laborers together with and for God. You are God's garden and vineyard 
and feel under cultivation. You are God's building. Amen? God's garden. Now, God wants you. Now, I've used this illustration for years. Bible schools, crusades, teaching in nations around the world and teaching it here. Every time you come to church, you are eating out of my garden. During, during, during fall harvest this year, uh, Pastor Sam Carr, uh, Pastor Eddie Turner, uh, uh, Pastor Christopher Olam, you are eating out of their garden. Thank God for what you can eat out of the garden of some minister, but what about your own garden? You've got the desire to cultivate that which is in your own heart and grow out of yourself the garden of God. Now here's the thing good about the garden of God. Everything that comes out of it is good. We're looking at godliness. Godliness is good. It's got to be developed. You have to train yourself. Developing means what? It means there's no shortcuts. We live, listen, we live in an age of comfort and convenience. Anything you can do to make something more convenient or more comfortable, overnight you're a multi-millionaire. I mean, overnight someone will buy that, develop that, and pay you millions of dollars. Amen? But you're not going to find that in the Word of God. You're God's garden. You're a place where he plants his good seed. And nothing bad comes out of the garden of God. Well, I think God just put me through this to teach me something. No, he's not. No, he's not. No, you're just living in bad dirt right now. You need to get out of that bad dirt and get some good soil in your life. Amen. You've got to make a decision to live for God. You've got to make a decision to live godly. When you do that, then you become this beautiful plowed piece of ground. And God's saying, I'm going to send some sowers by. I'm going to send some sowers by. And I'm going to sow some word into that garden. And it's going to grow. And you're going to have something really good to eat yourself. And you're going to have something good to share with other people. Now let me close with this. My time's up. I'll share this with the early crowd, the People come knock on your door, you know, and they want to share the kingdom with you. And I used to be real confrontational with them. And then, you know, it, I don't know. I'd been in Europe for two weeks. And Lee and I were living over in Texas City. And uh, I had gotten home late that night. And sure enough, she had gone. She still owned a business here on the island. Sure enough, early in the morning, that knock at the door. And I go, and there's this beautiful couple standing at the door. And they got their book, and they want to talk to me about the kingdom. And I'm standing there, my hair sticking straight up. You know, I got jet lag, been on an airplane for hours. So I, I just, I invited them in the house. I said, you give me 15 minutes, I'll give you 15 minutes. They agreed. They sat down on the couch. And so they graciously said to me, it's your home, you go first. So I'd been 14 days on the mission field, screaming at people. Amen. <laughs> so I just lit into them. You give me 15 minutes, I'm going to light into you. Not only did I light into them, the glory of God came into my house. The, so powerfully that it laid them both out on my couch. They're laid out on the couch like this. And I remember taking the man's hands and saying, God gave you these hands to lay on the sick. God gave you these hands to go through the pages of the Bible. And I mean, I, God just got all over me, and I got all over them. Amen? Let me tell you something. I had some fruit they wanted. 
I had some fruit they needed. They left there. I never know what, I, I, I trust them what day. They'll, they'll, they'll come look me up, remember who I was, and tell me what happened to their life. Because there's no, they, no way they could have gone back to that after the encounter they had with God at my house. But what they had, they were so indoctrinated by, they were so sure of, but it was not the fruit of God. It was a cult based on a lie. And they knew it, and everyone that's involved in it knows it because there's no life in it. But everything that God does in your life and everything He plants in the good garden of your spirit man, he wants it to come up and produce the fruit of godliness in you. So that godliness in you, listen, that godliness in you preaches. I don't, I don't mean you go out on the corner and hold up a Bible and, and just start. No, I mean people watch you. People see your life. Amen. Uh, we, what, what was it? Uh, Joe Salise's church. When they used to make that, what was that confession? They used to make, if people, uh, something about if people, the God they see in me, do people want the God they see in me? They look at my life, do they want the God I serve? Do they see how my life is going, how my life is being played out? Do they want my God? That's what God wants is for people to see your life. And it does not happen overnight. It is a process in which you must start and you must fight to stay in it. You must fight to finish it and you must fight to receive everything that God has for you. You say, well, Pastor, I just don't want to do it. Then you're fighting for something else that's going to kill you. You're never going to be out of life's fight. Let me say that again. Somebody needs to hear that. You're never going to be out of life's fight until we close the lid on you or Jesus comes back for the church. Why don't you get into life's fight on the life side and not on the death side, not on the ungodly side, not on the immoral side? And I'm not talking about, a, that's what Christianity has evolved into, a bunch of do's, don'ts, and legalism. God doesn't want that. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's a liberty. And that's the liberty to lay down sin, unrighteousness, every evil thing that's ever plagued your life, and to rise up and live in godliness. I had no idea 36 years ago what my life would be like after 36 years, but I'm going to tell you one thing. I had no idea how blessed I would be. I knew the direction my life was going. Sure, I could work. Sure, I had a skill. Sure, I could make money. Sure, I could do crime. Sure, I could do all of this and get away with it. But here's the thing, all of it was producing death. Out of the garden of my life back then, all I had to offer people to them was something that would produce death in their life. Here, smoke this, drink this, believe this, listen to this, and all it was was death, death, death. And what was it producing in me? Death, death, death. But in one day, in one quick night, just getting right with God, and yeah, yeah, the fight started, absolutely. The fight started, and it went on, and I kept fighting. But you know, I fought my way out of that godless lifestyle, and I fought my way into a godly lifestyle. And I'm going to tell you, it's glory unspeakable. It's not a life without a fight. It's not a life without a challenge. It's not a life, well, you've never been sick. You've never faced any of the problems I have. You have no idea what we've faced. But here's the thing. When you are God's garden, something about God, he always protects his garden. Like a farmer would protect his field and watch over his field. 
God will protect it. You say, why? Because there's a purpose in that garden. And that garden's purpose, I like to call it the three piece, is production. He wants you to produce the promise so that people will see. I know the Bible says that, but I see in your life that it's true. That's the true truth of the Word of God. Amen? You love the Lord this morning? Lift your hands and worship God. Father, we worship you. Thank you for your goodness and your blessing upon our lives. Thank you that we are God's garden. And we are going to live godly and our godliness will increase in the future because as the ungodliness of this world gets stronger and stronger, the gap between the two will be filled with the light and life of God so that people will see Christ in us, the hope of glory. Thank you, Father. Ever head bowed, ever eye closed, just for a moment. Are you living right? Are you doing right? Are you born again? Is Jesus your Lord and Savior? Say, Pastor, I'm not living right. I'm not doing right. I need to get right with God. Please pray with me. Is there anybody like that in here this morning? Lift your hand up high and we'll pray, pray for you. Praise God. We see one hand. God bless you. Anyone else? Anyone else? Don't be ashamed. We won't embarrass you. I guarantee you. Praise God. Anyone else? Another hand. God bless you. You can put it down. Anyone else? Real quickly as I look around. Praise God. I see another hand. God bless you. That's three one more time. I'm going to look one more time. Anyone else would say, pray for me, Pastor. I want to I be right with God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Everybody stand. Here's what we're going to do. I want every one of you that raised your hand, I'm going to lead everyone in a prayer. Everyone's going to pray the same prayer with you. But I want you to be sure and pray that prayer out loud so your own ears hear what your mouth is saying. Amen. Your own ears here. Say it loud enough for somebody around you to hear it. It's good to have witnesses. Amen. Then here's the thing. After we pray the prayer, I want you to say this to yourself. I'm right with God. I've gotten right. I'm going to stay right. I'm going to live godly. Can I get a better amen than that? Church, are we going to help them? Everybody pray this out loud. Heavenly Father, thank you. Jesus Christ loves me. I confess Him as my Lord and my Savior. I know by the Word of God He came to earth, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, died on the cross, rose from the dead. He did it all for me. I believe it, I receive it, and I accept it into my life. I am forgiven of all of my sin. They are washed away. I am delivered from my past life. I'm a new creature in Him. Heavenly Father, You know my weaknesses, my inabilities that keep me from living godly. Therefore, today, I declare I will train myself by the Word of God through prayer and by coming to church, I will train myself to live godly. Thank you, Lord. I am now the garden of God. He can plant in me, and the good fruit of righteousness will grow in my life. Thank you, Father. As I stand in Island Church on November the 1st, 2020, 
I am right with God. Hallelujah. Now rejoice with them. Oh, come on and thank God. Thank God with them. Now you three or four that prayed that, just tell someone around you as you leave, as we dismiss, tell them around you, I prayed that prayer and I'm right with God. Amen? Amen. Don't forget prayer tonight and tomorrow night at 7.30. We're going to wind up this wonderful season of prayer with two powerful prayer services. We invite you to come and to be a part. Amen? Amen. Fathers, we leave today. Lord, because we desire this week to live godly and righteous before you, we thank you that we have the right to claim the promise of Psalms 91. You said all the promises of God are in Christ. Yes and amen to the glory of God by us. We declare over all of the church, no evil befalls us, no plague comes in our dwelling place, angels have charge over us, we as God's children, we walk on serpents, scorpions, over all power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means harm us. So thank you, fathers. We travel on the highways, the airways, the seaways, the railways, or any other way of travel or transportation. We are protected. In the righteous labor of our hands, those that work in the medical field, our teachers and our students, our contractors and business owners, those that work in the employment area, thank you, Heavenly Father. No evil plans of wicked men. No conspiracies of the devil himself. No flu, no COVID, no accidents. In Jesus' name, we abide under the shadow of the Most High. Thank you, Father, for the door of utterance. Let our lives preach. Let our words preach. Let us this week have someone come across our path that we can be a laborer. We can share with them the glorious gospel and show them the godly fruit of our lives. Thank you for that, Father. Lord, we love you so much. We walk in faith and love towards you. Thank you for our church. We walk in love toward each other. Father, we leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. Shout it out. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, anointed by the Holy Ghost. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgallison.com.